All right, how we doing, M12? Hey, it's so good to see you guys. Thank you all so much for being here. If you're here for the very first time, we just want to say welcome to M12. It's so good to uh, have you here. And if you are here because you are here every week, then we're glad to see you guys tonight as well. So here's the deal. We've been in a secret, uh, a series this month called Secrets. And this has been, this has been some, some pretty intense uh, dialogue and conversations. And so let me catch you guys up with where we've been. Two weeks ago, we talked about the idea of secret sin and how bad things grow in the dark. So the more that you hide something or keep something secretive, right, the more that it grows, the more that it causes problems and circumstances and challenges in your life and in my life. And then last week, we talked about secret doubt. And, and the, the challenge was, instead of doubt, choose to discover. And, you know, discover the truth and dig into the truth and find the, uh, the truth. And so tonight, I want to end our conversation about secrets talking about secret hurt. Secret hurt. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you guys have ever seen the show America's Funniest Home Videos? Anybody ever seen that? Hey, listen, it is literally one of my favorite TV shows. I remember when I was in middle school, it, it came on at like 7 p.m. on Sunday nights. And so I would tell my parents, like, we got to rush home and get home so we can watch it. And I got just a little clip, so check it out, just about a minute. Now, here's what's funny about, about that clip is that most of them, right, most of them have in common that somebody is getting hurt, right? And have you ever thought about how, man, it's just funny when you see somebody take a fall, somebody face plant. We always laugh at that, right? It's just funny. As long as it's not you, right, it's kind of funny. It's kind of humorous. And the thing about it is the reason why I think that's true is because we identify with getting hurt. So if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to put this down on the bottom line, which is this. Everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. Hurts. One thing that we all have in common tonight is that we've all experienced some level of hurt, of disappointment, of sadness. I mean, we all have that in common. It's just true. And, and here's what I want to do. I want, I want us to visually see that this is true. So under your chair, there's a card. I want you to grab that white card. And on the card, it just says a message I know how you feel, and I want to, here's what I want to do. I'm going to read a statement from my notes. I'm going to read a statement, and if this statement, if this statement is true about you, if you have experienced some level of hurt because of this statement, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around at somebody near you, right, and I want you to just exchange cards and say, I know how you feel. It's very simple. It's very simple. Not yet. Not yet. You haven't heard the statement yet. All right? So here's the first statement. Here's the first statement. Remember, everybody hurts. First statement is this. If you have ever been lied to, if you've ever been lied to, then exchange your card with somebody else and say, I know how you feel. That should be pretty much everybody. Yes. All right? Think about this. Think about this. If you have ever been betrayed in any way, exchange your card with somebody around you and say, I know how you feel. Yeah. What about this one? 
This is going to take a little guts, but what about if you have ever felt insecure about yourself or something that you had to do? Exchange your cards and say, I know how you feel. Yep. Okay. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. If you have ever been, if you have ever been to the funeral of someone that you love, exchange your card and say, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Now, here's the thing. See, everybody, everybody hurts. And most of you, you probably exchanged your card with someone in this room. Everybody hurts. We all have that in common. You think about this. Think about the newest songs, the most popular songs. Rarely are they the ones that are the happy ones. For example, they have a lot of heartache and hurt and heartbreak, like anybody, bad blood, Taylor Swift, right? You know what I'm saying? Or, or Justin Bieber, I'm sorry. I mean, it's full of heartache, and yet you guys flock to those songs. You flock to those songs, and the reason is because everybody hurts. We identify with hurts in our life, and Jesus Jesus was actually surrounded by hurt in his life as well. And I want to read a passage that he said. He said it like this. He said, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, for his disciples, for us tonight, he is saying, hey, man, listen, in the world that we live in, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have some hurt. You're going to have some disappointment in your life. It's just going to happen. And, and why does that happen? Well, it happens because the world that we live in is broken. And the world we live in is broken because of sin. And sin carries with it the results of things like disappointment and hurt and sadness. And I realize what you might be thinking, this is not the most fun dialogue to have tonight. It really isn't. But this is my hope for you. I hope that you understand that when you are faced with times or situation of hurt, that you understand that you're not alone. You're not alone in your hurt. Everybody in this room, we all have that in common. And when it comes to how we get hurt, it really comes down to three, three things. One is maybe we're, uh, we have hurt done to us. Right? Maybe we're called names, or maybe we're bullied, right? Or maybe something like our parents, some of you, your parents have gotten a divorce. And that hurts. That's tough, right? Or maybe it's hurt that you've done to someone else. Maybe you've bullied someone else, or maybe some of the choices that you have made in your life, right, have brought hurt or disappointment or sadness to other people. Or maybe it's just kind of natural hurt, things like disease and cancer when someone dies unexpectedly. We can't explain those types of things. And, and here's the thing about that is if, if we're honest, I think that all of you could probably identify something that has hurt in your life in one of those three categories. And sometimes it leaves us asking the question, why? I mean, why did 
my parents get a divorce? Or why does that person bully me all the time? Or why do they gossip so much? Or why do I always get picked on, right? Now, how many of you, just a show of hands, you've ever asked the question why when something's happened to you, right? I know that I have. I've asked that question often. Like, why did this happen? Why did this have to take place, right? And here's the thing. The, the unfortunate part is that the, I, I can't answer the why. I really don't know why you've been through the hurt that you've faced and the disappointment that you've had in your life, whatever that may be. I don't know why, but here's what I do know. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. That Jesus turns hurt to healing. Jesus Christ turns hurt to healing. Here's the reality is that when you open the Bible and you look at the scripture and you read the different stories in the, the New Testament, when Jesus would come on the scene, oftentimes what would happen is healing would take place. And sometimes it was a physical healing and sometimes it was a, maybe an emotional healing and sometimes it was even spiritual. I remember there's a story in John chapter 8. And Jesus walks up to this man, and this man has been blind ever since he was born. And so Jesus walks up to him, and literally, he hocks a loogie in some mud. He mixes it up into this substance, right? Puts it on his eyes and says, listen, go and wash your face in the pool of Siloam. So some friends help him get to the pool of Siloam. He gets into the pool, right? He washes his face, and literally the Bible says suddenly that he could see. See, so Jesus physically healed people all the time of their hurts. Then I'm reminded of a story of a, a woman in, in, in one of the Gospels where she was caught in the act of adultery. And so all these popular, really religious men of the day, man, they wanted to stone her to death because that's what the law said to do. But when Jesus arrived on the scene, I want you to listen to this, to this dialogue. This is what happened. It says, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and he asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one here condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So students, we have a woman who was emotionally shattered. We had these religious figures that wanted to kill her for what she had did, for what she'd done. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he treats it completely different. He healed her emotionally. Sure, he had a conversation about her lifestyle and said, hey, leave your life of sin. Make different choices. But at the end of the day, he healed her. And then I'm reminded of a story of another woman where Jesus approached the well. He had been on a journey, and he came to the end of his journey, and it was the well, and there was a Samaritan woman hanging out, and they began to have a dialogue. And what was interesting about that is in this day and time, Samaritans did not associate with Jesus' people. And so she was kind of like baffled that he would talk to her, but they began to have this dialogue about what Jesus referred to as everlasting water. And of course, she was like, well, I, where do I get this water where I'll never thirst again? I mean, where do I get this, 
this kind of water. And of course, Jesus wasn't referring to physical water. He was referring to eternal life. And so as they dialogued, they began to talk about her life and some of the things that she had done, some of the decisions that she had made. And and then that, that day, her life was changed. Because see, Jesus healed her spiritually. See, Jesus takes our hurt and he heals us in time. And I know that in a room like this tonight, I know that there may be all three categories that need to take place. Maybe a physical healing or maybe an emotional healing. You feel emotionally shattered. Something's happened in your life. Maybe something at home. Maybe something at school. Maybe even a spiritual healing because you've never said yes to Jesus. And maybe tonight, for the very first time, you would say yes to following Christ and becoming a believer. But see, here's what happens. What I know happens is when we experience hurt, what happens is it's as if this hole begins to form in our soul. Imagine with me for a second that this bucket represents your soul. And see, when you and I get hurt, holes begin to fill our soul. It's as if there's this emptiness or this void, and we try to fill it with things, maybe physical things, popularity, things that we have, relationships on the earth, only to find that nothing can truly fill this void. What I want to do is I want to play a clip from our senior pastor, Kevin Myers. He gave a very awesome message this Sunday, and he was talking a lot about this very thing. So I want you to listen in and watch as he talks about this emotional hole in our soul. Check it out. I love what he said at the end of that clip. He said, a physical things cannot fill a spiritual need. And see, oftentimes, students, the mistake that we make when we experience hurt, when we experience disappointment, when we experience sadness and things like we're talking about, is that we try to take matters into our own hands, and we try to fix things on our own. And like PK was saying, that we exhaust ourselves, and we chase after popularity, and we chase after these things that never are going to fill us. And sometimes we even get to a point where because emotionally we're so shattered or things have happened emotionally and we don't know how to handle it, some of us even go to measures where we physically hurt ourselves, thinking that maybe that might solve the issue. But like PK was saying, the only thing that can heal the hurt that you experience from these holes in your soul, is God. He is the only one that can heal your hurt. And the reality is we can chase after things all day long, but it's always going to leave us feeling empty. Now, I want to share an idea with you that I know in middle school is probably a hard concept to grasp, but I want to share it with you I want to share with you anyway. See, I would say it's very true that a lot of times the hurt that you and I experience in our life is all about perspective. 
It's all about perspective. As a matter of fact, if you're taking notes, that's kind of one of our action steps is that you would gain the right perspective, that you and I would gain the right perspective. See, in life, ultimately, there's a reason why we go through the things that we go through. And I want to suggest that sometimes we go through difficulty and challenge maybe because God wants to test us. Maybe because God wants us to make, he wants to make us better in the long run. Maybe it's because God wants to teach us more about his character and more about the way he really thinks about us. And sometimes hurt is that thing that draws us closer to God more than anything else. And I want to read a passage of scripture with you tonight in James chapter 1. It says this. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whatever you've, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So in other words, consider it joy. Now, is it hard to look upon disappointment and hurt and sadness with a joyful heart? Absolutely it is. It's not something that's just going to happen like that. It's gonna, it has to be something that God forms in you and God helps you with. But I'm just suggesting that sometimes the reason why we go through these difficult times, whatever hurt that you've experienced in your life, is because maybe it is a test or maybe it is that God wants to draw us closer to himself. Now, here's the thing. I don't know why you have been through the hurt that you've been through. I don't know why you've experienced what you have experienced. But what I do know is that oftentimes God will take some of the most painful things in your life and turn them into really good things. He will take what was meant for harm and he will turn it into good. And the reason why I know that to be true is because it's true in my own life. See, God restores, God redeems, God rescues, and God heals. And while I can't answer the question of why, I can tell you that oftentimes, some of the times that I've been closest to God in my relationship with God was the result of something that was very challenging for me to go through. See, one of the things that the Bible teaches is that when we are hurting, that God is so near to us in that time. And not only is he near, but God hurts with us. The Bible says this. It says, the Lord, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, I know this is intense dialogue. This is an intense conversation, but I want you to think about this, that he is close to the brokenhearted. Can you think of a time where you have been brokenhearted? Maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you. Maybe not, Okay. Maybe it was something a lot more serious than that. Something happened in your family. But the Bible says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And it says he saves those who are crushed in their spirit. 
It's an amazing word that God is close to us when we hurt the worst. And as I wrap up, I want to give you one more action step tonight. It's simply this. Invite God into the hurt. Invite God into your disappointment. Invite God into your hurt. And what does that look like? What does it look like to invite God into something that could be so secretive to you that you don't want anybody to know about it? You want it to remain a secret. Well, I want you to listen in as we wrap up this last clip of, of PK as he talks about what does it look like to invite God into the holes in our soul? Check it out. Students, what I want you to understand tonight is that God desires to be actively involved in your life. And I don't know the type of hurt that you've experienced. I don't know what you brought into this room tonight. Maybe there is something physically that you have been wondering about or praying about. Maybe you have taken drastic measures, as we've talked about, and you have physically harmed yourself because of something that happened or something that you don't like seeing when you look in the mirror because of the result of something that someone said to you. Maybe you need emotional healing tonight. Maybe you need to just say yes to Jesus. You've never become a follower of Christ and and you want to know who Jesus is. You want to experience the love that God has for you. You want to know what that means and what that looks like. And, And I know that any of our leaders would love to talk with you about that tonight. This is what I want to challenge you with tonight. When you go to your small groups, these action steps of gaining the right perspective and inviting God into the hurt, you guys are going to talk about what that means. Gaining the right perspective, I mean, think about it. Maybe God has a reason for the hurt that you've experienced. I know it's hard to grasp that. It's hard to see that as being true, but maybe that's the case. And what I've found is that when I invite God into that part of my life, that he begins to heal. It doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes weeks, days, months. It just depends. But I think ultimately what God wants to do is he wants to heal those broken places in your soul. And so here's what I want to do tonight as we wrap up. I want to invite you into a moment. And then over the next moment, we have a song that we want to play for you guys. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to spend this time where it's just kind of you and God. Maybe you haven't paid attention much at all tonight, but I want you to pay attention now. I want you to think, where in my life have I experienced some hurt? Am I trying to keep that a secret? Or is that something that I need to, maybe, maybe, I, maybe you need to find your small group leader tonight and just pray with them. Maybe you want to be prayed over. You want to experience what it would feel like to be prayed over and for someone to pray over the things in your life that have caused such disappointment. Maybe you want to just sit quietly in your chair and just kind of listen to the words of this song. But whatever you have to do, we want to encourage you to maybe dialogue with God a little bit. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, that's okay too. Maybe you can find your your small group leader or you and a friend can pray for each other. Whatever you feel led to do in this moment. But this is what I want to ask. This is not a moment for you to have conversations with people unless you're praying for them. This is a moment for you to focus 
on your relationship with God, what God has for you. So let me pray, and then we want to invite you into that moment. So God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the redemptive power that comes through your word. The fact that you are close to the brokenhearted and you save those who are crushed in spirit. And I know that a lot of these students have probably experienced a little heartbreak in life. And I pray tonight, I ask you tonight, that you would meet them exactly where they're at. That over the next few moments as we sing together, that maybe they would pray for one another or find their leader and be prayed over. Whatever it takes, God, to just kind of remind them that you are actively present in their life. And we thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name.